Just a bit of a warning, tomorrow could be a very long day here in the United States. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. I cast my first vote for president back in 1972, and I'm proud of that. I was a young man trying to figure out what is right and wrong in this world, and I voted. And times were a little bit of angst even then because, you know, word of Watergate had kind of leaked out a little bit. We still had the Vietnam War. We still had a lot of things in our economy that needed some real help. But I don't remember, I just don't remember people being so belligerent, so angry, so mean, so concerned as people are today. Honestly, honestly, I think that here in the United States, we have problems that are far greater than politics and presidential elections and and, and all of that. Because I believe what it says in the scripture that we should not put our trust in princes and, and people and mere mortals. And too many people today that call themselves Christians are are putting too much emphasis, too much emphasis that a politician or political party can save our world. It can't. It simply can't. The only thing, the only thing I believe a political party can actually do, or a president or the right leadership can do, is just delay the inevitable of what we find in God's word. We're not going to change what the Bible says is going to happen. It's not going to change. I do see that one party would hasten the day of our destruction. Morally, especially. We already see the evidence now. I'm looking like out in California, school district saying, you know, we need to change how we grade uh, our students. We, we no longer can affect their grade because of bad behavior in classrooms or, or the fact they don't turn their work in. What are we really teaching the next generation? Laziness and narcissism are acceptable in the world. That's going to lead to our ruin. Depending how the vote comes out tomorrow, we may delay for a while God's judgment. But that day of judgment is coming. And on that, I have no doubt. Yes, I will vote accordingly, pro-life. I will vote accordingly for policies that don't damage the family, that don't impact the church in a negative way. Yes, I'll make that vote. In fact, I already have. Tomorrow's going to be a long day. And we may not know the results for a while. We might have an idea, but we'll see. On the program today, I bring back a popular guest, the Reverend Dr. Timothy Gales, and he and I are going to talk about this coming election and its implications on a spiritual and moral level for this country, and what is a global reset? If you don't believe it's happening, man, you you need to really pay attention We'll talk about the pandemic later this week. I call it the case-demic now. I'm beginning to wonder how magically at certain times, case numbers just magically rise. But we're not seeing the corresponding, if you go back to the March-April 
time frame and even into May, some of these some of this does not make any sense, and we'll get into that later as well. So I want to welcome my guest on the program today. And, and Timothy, let me just start with this. I, I don't know if you're a gambling man or not, or if you even want to make a, a prediction, but if you were a gambling man, do you have a prediction for how things are going to come out tomorrow or sometime after tomorrow? Yeah, I think my prediction is Trump's going to win by a landslide, but the media is not going to cover that. And they're going to say he stole the election and they're going to they're going to say it's a big, you know, conspiracy against Biden. That's what we're looking at. And I'm thinking in my mind, uh, not so much a conspiracy against Biden, but what I think is going to happen is they're going to keep trying to delay the results by saying, oh, but this state still has nine more days to count ballots or this one has two days or or we found a trunk full and we're not sure. Maybe they're stolen. Uh, We don't know. And and I think the lawyers are going to descend like locusts starting as the polls close in every state tomorrow. That's that's what's going to happen. The the army of both lawyer sides are going to be out, I mean, literally disputing the election. And then we're going to have rioting in the streets. And I, I don't see it being, well, I don't perceive it being healthy for anybody. No, it's not going to be. And you're, you're right about the army of lawyers. Uh, last time I looked, uh, Biden had over 600 lawyers mm-hmm. hired to, and probably in every state, you know, to deal with this. But you're absolutely right. Pennsylvania is, is a big one right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, and they're going to contest it. Oh, yeah. They're going to he's a deep state. They're going to contest it. They're mm-hmm. going to say that, you know, uh, the ballots hadn't been counted. They need extra days. I mean, that was the whole problem with this mail in by vote. Anyway, it's very easily manipulated, very easily done. And everybody knows that. So that's their that's their key to claim that this was uh, stolen or a miscount. You know, the way I look at it and, and this is once again, I'm, I'm giving my feelings having watched elections uh, a good chunk of my adult life. I mean, I when I turned 18 back in 1972, I voted that year. I really did. And I've not missed a presidential election, and I rarely missed any other election uh, in my entire lifetime. In my younger years, I missed a couple only because we were in the middle of moving into a new state and couldn't get registered fast enough. So that's the only time I've missed. I'm one of those that believe that we should take our responsibility seriously when it comes to an election. Unfortunately, uh, we have politicians that that don't take it seriously. They think anybody should be able to wander into a voting uh, polling place without any identification and say, I demand my right to vote, even if they're not a citizen or not registered or anything else or registered in more than one state. You know, you have some college students that think that they can do an absentee ballot at home in New York while they're in college in Pennsylvania and vote in both. You can't. You got to make a choice. Right. Well, clearly, that's what we're we're up against. I mean, after the last election, we heard of thousands of um, people who, uh, who have already died <laughs> voting yeah. before right? they so died over and over. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. A decade ago, but they they voted, you know, last election. Mm-hmm. The, the issue is you're going to have all of those things happening. Mm-hmm. Um, really, what is our 
civil society going to look like come Tuesday and the week after? That's kind of what we've got to we've got to prepare for. You hear a lot of different scenarios, mm-hmm. uh, but everybody says there's going to be a lot of unrest in different ways. And the question is, what type of unrest mm-hmm. are people saying? What have you heard? Well, on that? well, because let's, I've let's, heard different. I'm I'm doing some reading, and and you look at look at some of the major cities, especially the ones that are run by the party that's going to scream the loudest if they're. Uh, anointed candidate doesn't win Uh, Mm -hmm. cities like Detroit cities like Chicago cities well look like Los Angeles Rodeo Drive man they're they're boarding up the windows in parts of the Hollywood area what does that tell you what does that tell you they're they're and and believe me it's not going to be I'm 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 gonna have to swear off politics for a week after we're done with all this but (laughs) I'm just gonna look you don't, as a general rule, see Republican people coming out to destroy and burn and bust up cars and punch people and hit them with baseball bats. That's not their style. And, you know, they, they may come out and be vocal, but they're not going to sit there and try to set you on fire. I mean, which the Democrats or Antifa doing the Democrats' dirty work, which is exactly what they're doing. They are the dirty work army of the Democrat Party that seeks to become the Socialist Party of the United States. Anybody that is clear-thinking knows that uh, Joe Biden, if they are to win, and they legitimately win, and the the Electoral College gets together in December, and he becomes the 46th President of the United States... He will never make it till Easter. He'll be out by Easter. There'll be some, I mean, look, Nancy Pelosi has already, you know, set that up. They made a big deal about, we need a committee to enforce the 25th Amendment. And that's really not for now. That's for a future president. Okay, which future president? (laughs) The one that you're (laughs) wanting to put in there. Because Kamala Harris, however you want to pronounce her name, I've heard it, Kamala, Kamala. I've heard her say it. I've heard right. her say it both ways. So I don't know what how when she was in uh, when she was in I think it was Cleveland, Ohio. Kamala here, you know, she's out there trying to talk to those voting early, and then there right. she's Kamala instead of Kamala or you know or Kamala, you know. It just you know it, it just all over the road. But regardless, she is considered one of the most. Um, far left. I'm forget the word liberal. I don't want to. I don't want to damage the word liberal, because there are some liberals in history that I, I may not agree, but I have a high level of respect. And well, the, the, the true liberals, okay, the classic mm, liberals, exactly. They they were okay, you know, the Truman liberals, but they're not around anymore. Yep. E- e- look, even the Hubert Humphrey <clears throat> liberals were somebody. I may disagree on policy, but they. In their right. heart, they had the best interest of the country and the people at heart. There's no doubt in my mind about that. Well, they actually defended the Bill of Rights and the mm-hmm. Constitution and freedom. We don't see that now. We see them disparaging. And many were things. dodging bullets in the Second World War, either in the <laughs> right. uh, out in the Pacific or or coming to land, you know, at Normandy. I mean, we have That's people right. that really fought in a war. And, and I understand, I get it. I understand where their heart is. Um, right. I, I think the problem with classic liberalism, it tries to replace 
what Christians should be doing in their churches, and we're 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 giving up something that the Bible demands of us, and having government do it on our behalf, which is always going to be You're a exactly disaster. Right. It's always a disaster. You're exactly right. <clears throat> yep. It, and it's the reason I look at it this way: it's a warfare, but the warfare I call it is supernaturalism against mm-hmm. naturalism. Exactly. Because the classical liberal was one thing, and they they entertained metaphysics. They understood naturalism mm-hmm. to an extent, right? Absolutely. But today's liberals have wholeheartedly rejected supernaturalism, God, mm-hmm. all of the above, which is why you heard the booing at the Democratic convention last time when when God was introduced, right? Oh, yeah, or mentioned. And, and so now what we have is organized naturalism. Mm-hmm. Organized naturalism from 20 different avenues is now seeking to reduce mankind and i say mankind for a reason because we're spiritual beings the whole world understands that primitive people in the amazon understand there's a spiritual component to the world to life and to humanity and yet they want to absolutely reduce humanity to a scientific naturalism which is lopsided it's like covering one eye and looking at the world with the other one and saying, ah, I'm able to discern everything now. Mm-hmm. No, you're not. And that's what we're looking at. So we're already off base and they want to bring a religion, mm-hmm. the religion of naturalism. Or to Scientology. This it's a really it's really yeah. a science or Scientology mm-hmm. type religion is what you you've mentioned it's, that it, before. Yeah, yeah. Not Scientology, but scientism. Scientism, because scientism is is a religion of science, a worship of it. And so what you and I are seeing right now is just that. We're seeing science it, it, you know, can say no wrong. It can do no well, wrong. Well, you want to bet? Uh, <laughs> I mean, let, 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 let's, stop, let's stop right there. Mm-hmm. One of the themes of, you know, of, of uh, the Biden campaign and, and virtually anybody from the left is we follow the science we follow the science we religiously follow the science we need to follow the science yet Mm -hmm. yet when half the scientists disagree with the political narrative they are silenced by the facebook tyrants they are Mm -hmm. silenced by that complete derelict you know i hate to say it but when i saw dorsey you remember last week the hearing uh Mm -hmm. he's trying to defend twitter I, I couldn't decide if he's on opioids or if he's high. Or, I mean, he looked like Hunter Biden's, you know, crack smoking buddy. Right. I right. mean, I'm sorry, but this guy came off as like, uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, he never answered a question. He was, and then he would say, "Well, we don't do that," and they would say, "Here, look at the screen. This is what you've done." Uh, didn't know it. It's like, it, does he even run Twitter? I know he's. Just, does he have any clue of what Twitter really does? Does right. he even use Twitter? I mean, there's a. I yeah. mean, I have to wonder. So I'm looking at all this. So these tech tyrants, and and I consider Google, which runs and operates YouTube. If you're one of the eleven thousand physicians that disagree with uh, Dr. Fauci, you mm-hmm. are you know you are just eliminated. You disappear, just like in China. And just like in yep. in North Korea or or in Vietnam in, the, in in its day, and and the Soviet Union, you disappear. 
you're made a non-entity. And your name is Germany, yeah, and your name is never spoken <clears throat> again. You, you know, you That's you're right. not. I mean, and this is what's happening. They 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 pick a narrative and they demand science back up the narrative, not the narrative be backed up by science. That's it, right. And, and so, so they reversed it. Version it version of truth. And that's what we're seeing. Naturalism is an inversion of God's created order mm -hmm. in his world. Uh, and, and in every aspect, as far as the, the inversion, which ultimately is satanic, okay? But it's, mm -hmm. it's an inversion of man. There is no now male and female. You know, it's whatever. Mm -hmm. There's 20 different genders or, or whatever you, you proclaim to be at this moment. There, there is no longer right and wrong. You know, truth is your truth and my truth is my truth. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and I was just talking to somebody about that today. He, he goes to a college and they were teaching him even mathematics. You know, it, it's, it's a question of feeling. And I said, no, no, no. Two plus two is going to always be four. And he Yet said, it isn't. Well, not according it isn't. to my I, teacher. Look, I've met teenagers I, myself. <clears throat> I, met, I met a gal who graduated right. high school, had turned yep. 18 months before she graduated. She's like 20 years old now. And right. she will tell you, if you tell her that uh, two plus three only equals five, she goes, no, that's your reality. <laughs> and I'm going, what do you mean? So two plus three can equal seven? Yes. If that is your truth, it can always equal whatever you want it to be. And I'm thinking, would you want to have a house built based on right. those kind of specifications yep. where numbers yep. can mean anything? Would you dare get in an airliner where the mathematics is just up to somebody's feelings? That thing's right. going to fall out of the sky. Uh, or the or the the pilot, you know, would you get on a flight when the pilot says, well, you know, one direction is as good as another. Mm -hmm. Let's just kind of pick any way we want to go. Would you go on that flight? No. no. You want to get home. Um, and you're right. You can't build a house with that math because math is truth, which is logic, but which you know, is universal. Absolutely. You know, but you know what the thing <laughs> is about math, what, they're, what everybody's disagreeing with. If you stop and it just hit me. On a spiritual and moral level, mm -hmm. there is a standard. It requires, mathematics requires a standard for it to work and function. When you build a house, there has to be a standard unit of measurement or the house is not going to be built. That's Certain right. things, you know, gravity has <laughs> a standard. Universal. Exactly. A universal. But we are clouding that to say that there is no standard. There is no, uh, there is no facts Truth is what we feel it is for today. Well, getting back to what your your friend there said, that's your reality. Okay, so build the house with your mouth. Mm -hmm. Reality is going to smack you in the face. Of course. It's not going to happen. This is Aristotle's law of non-contradiction. The more you try to hammer it, it hammers you. Mm -hmm. And the fact of the matter is you cannot have both be true. They can't be. They can't. So reality is going to hit you. You're going to see there's a universal. And math is beautiful because, you know, math is logic, right? And God Absolutely. is the logos. Absolutely. And we have the great logos, logic. You know, logic didn't didn't come about with you, Bob, or me. No. And it's certainly not going to die with us. No, it's not. It, 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 is, it is something that everybody in the world, even the Amazonian, uses it. Mm. But where does it come from? What, where is it? Can I put it in a Petri dish and no. study it? No. No. It exists, and it's universal, and we're all bound by it. 
Well, let's put it this way. The Lagos. Here's here's the term. It is observable, as every good scientist taught us back in the ones that we studied in high school and junior high and elementary school. I want to remind you, listening to the program Truth to Ponder, I'm your host, Bob Bierman. My guest today is the Reverend Dr. Timothy Gales, one of my favorite guests, and a lot of people have, have said that. And today we're talking about the election that comes tomorrow in the United States. My prediction is it will definitely not be resolved tomorrow. And if it is, there'll be such violence in the streets, the likes you've never seen. And it's not going to be coming from the Trump supporters. They may be upset, but they're not going to burn down you know, their towns and they're not going to rob the Walmart or the Target or the Best Buy because they're not happy with the results. But those days are coming. Real quick, our website is truth2ponder.com. Truth2ponder.com. This program is still on shortwave. We're debating how many frequencies to keep or if there's some changes to be made. We'll be talking about that later this week or into next week. I need to hear from you if you're listening on shortwave. It is vital because the time is coming to make some decisions on which airings are working and which ones you're not listening to. And so let me know by visiting. You can just write me, Bob, at truth to ponder And that's the number two, truth2ponder.com. Bob at truth2ponder.com. Let me know if you're listening to this program. Once again, my guest, the Reverend Dr. Timothy Gales, we're talking about tomorrow's election. And, and I think that the, the campaigning has been rather fascinating these, these days leading <laughs> up to this to the day. You know, when, when you're sitting there with, oh, I don't know, uh, 75, 80 percent of the people have already voted early as compared to the total number of people that voted in 2016. Right. And, and you got to wonder, I, I, I was driving <clears throat> through a small town last week in South Carolina. And I saw standing out there in the rain, people standing out for an hour and a half, two hours to vote early so they wouldn't have to worry about the rush on election day. And I, I think there are a lot of people concerned about this election. And I think a lot of the numbers that are being tossed around by the by the intellectually bankrupt CNN and the and the morally bankrupt MSNBC and the factually bankrupt, you know, the major three networks, they don't have any... They don't have any credibility in my book. They they are inventing their own polls to try to yep. to try to suppress the vote. I think they know full well yeah. what the real pulse of the United States is. And they yep. are hoping to do two things. Suppress the vote, uh, make those that support <clears throat> Trump feel highly defeated. And also give them cover if there's some, elect, uh, some, shall we say, electoral thievery going on in states like Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Michigan, which because of who runs those states, it would be very possible and very feasible that they could try to get away with it. And, and I, I really believe there's going to be an attempt. Uh, we're already beginning to see you know ballots missing and stuff and already right, right. and and it it well, and it and it's in areas that are that are all battleground states it's not happening in a state like South Carolina where the outcome is pretty certain uh only in battleground states do we have all these mysterious problems i wonder right, why right yeah of course and let's take a look at this i mean 
anytime you view on the news, which is not often because they try to block it out, but mm-hmm. anytime you look at a Trump rally, okay, where he's speaking, it is jam packed absolutely with people. jam packed. And then when you have a Biden rally, there's little circles on the ground for for six feet apart, mm-hmm. and there's maybe twenty people there, and there were times. Listen, you know. yes, it's, it's it's so over the top. But I agree with you in this sense, Bob. What they're doing is they're they're saying, you know, Biden is a landslide and mm-hmm. he's going to win. So the minute Trump actually wins, if he does, mm-hmm. then the people are going to say he stole it. In, he stole in, it. He yes, stole it. Clearly, he the stole Russians it. did it. The Russians we, did it. Yeah, Russian Russians collusion. Get get yep, Mueller yep. back. You know, exactly. <laughs> And they're going to they're going to go ballistic because they believe the lies just like they do with the coronavirus stuff. Well, yeah, and we'll get on that in just a moment. You know, we're, we're talking about this election and, and that my wife and I, you know, I, I hate to be the bearer of what I call the bad news. Um, you know, from a theological standpoint, we mm-hmm. are not arriving at a better place. We're, we're not one of these what I call post-trib types where we're going to fix things for Jesus to come. And and, right. and expect we're definitely not going to fix it at the ballot box. I mean, that's just not going to happen. You know, anybody that has this this fantasy that Christians can just go to the ballot box and fix the world and make it nice for Jesus, you're being deceived by Satan himself. Um, as yep. Christians, you're already being you know. There's this world is full of deception, and Jesus warned his disciples not to fall for it. Don't right. fall for the nonsense. It'll yeah. all sound good, but oh, yeah. in the final analysis, if you stop for just a moment and put it against everything that Jesus ever said, put all that you hear against all the warnings of St. Paul, St. John, John the Revelator, I mean, uh, uh, to all of them, right. a lot of this stuff doesn't pass the smell test. Number one, tell me how China is going to get fixed You know, before Jesus comes. I don't mm-hmm. see that happening anytime soon. I, we're the United States. We're following the path of Canada, which follows the path of Europe. It is a post-Christian sewer. I mean, it, it's what they become. They become. Yeah. I'm reading a story in one of my. There's a church called the. Uh, it's got a it uses a K in it, but it's it's in a, in English. It's the Evangelical German Church. You know, some kind of Protestant, quasi birthed off Lutheranism uh, denomination in Germany. And they have gone strictly social gospel, um, transgender, uh, gay weddings, everything. They've gone completely into the deception of the world. And the only good thing about that, there's only one good thing that has come out of that. Their numbers have tanked and nobody's going there anymore. Because if the church becomes like the world, why bother to go to the church when you can live for yourself? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think my feeling is personally that we've been abandoned by the majority of our temporal and spiritual uh-huh. leaders, period. Absolutely. And because of that, we are seeing we're, we're not just a, a post-Christian society. We're changing so fast. That that was so yesterday, Bob. Yeah, <laughs> Today, post-Christian is yesterday. Yeah. Today, Postmodern we're anti, is yesterday. We're an anti-Christian society. 
And that's what we see significantly with these riots and rioters. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's no longer post-Christian. Now it's a hatred for Christians. And it's burning down churches, destroying religious things. And and that all is a prelude to things to come unless we put a stop to it. Well, we'll stop it. Look look at what happened in France this past week. Um, You know, it's funny how the left always seems to be very defensive about the radical parts of Islam. They're always defensive. You can't call it terror. You can't call it this. They're just misunderstood. Or maybe if they had a better jobs program, I've I've heard it all before. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so they're just expressing, wait a minute, these are the kind of people that, you know, take 20 Coptic Christians to the shore of the Mediterranean, cut their heads off because they will not renounce Christ. And and, and what, what the left loves about radical terrorist Islam, Islam is they're willing to do their dirty work for them in they're killing doing Christians. It to the Christians. That's right. And what you're seeing is this: if if a, if somebody went into even a church like in France and mm-hmm. cut off a black man's head, oh yeah, it would be an absolute riot again everywhere across the country. Mm-hmm. But if you cut off two Christian heads in the Catholic Church. You know, they'll cover it up a bit or say, well, you know, he was just upset (laughs) or something. But meanwhile, they can't can't be truthful. They can't be truthful. Listen, we got to take a break here as we're coming up to the bottom of the hour uh, here on this Monday, the day before Election Day broadcast. Once again, this is the program Truth, the number two, ponder that dot com. Actually, we're Truth to Ponder. That's our website. Truth, the number two, ponder dot com. I want to give you my mailing address. Some people feel that it's easier to send a letter, and I've had a few that have come in, and I'll be sharing some of that a little bit later this week as I kind of go through them, and I'm trying to reply to some before I read things on the air. And I'm appreciative of all those that take the time to write. You can just put the name Truth to Ponder. My name is Bob Bierman, and our mailing address in Georgia is our little house up here in the middle of nowhere. And it is 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263. That's 21 Berkshire Lane. And you need to add the number 263 so the little lady in our little tiny post office can figure out which box to put it in. Even though that's our physical address, they have a box and they want you to put that on that line. In the little town of Sky Valley, S-K-Y, you know, Valley, Georgia, and the zip code 30537. 30537. And when we come back, we're going to continue our discussion with the Reverend Dr. Timothy Gales as we look at what could happen uh, post election. I, I, I don't believe the results will really be in tomorrow, not Wednesday. You know, this could drag on for a couple of weeks, and it's not because of what happened like in Florida 20 years ago. This is going to be a little bit different this time around. I think there's going to be some real attempts to steal an election the likes have never been seen. And we'll talk about which side seems to have the most, uh, shall we say, enthusiasm. There seems to be a bit of an enthusiasm gap. This is Truth to Ponder. We'll be right back. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. A breath of ruach. In a moment, Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. 
Ruach. It's Hebrew for breath. Try it. Ruach. It's the most basic thing you need for life. Breath. Even more basic than food or water. A few minutes without breathing and your life is pretty much over. But the more alive you are, the more you need to breathe. From birth to death, every moment of your life has to be filled with breath or else you die. So it's not an accident that the word ruach in Hebrew, which means breath, also means the spirit, as in the Holy Spirit. So the Hebrew word ruach hakodesh, the Holy Spirit, can also be translated as the Holy Breath. And the Hebrew matches up with what Messiah did when he said, receive the spirit. It says he breathed on them. Because in Hebrew, he said, receive the breath, the spirit. The spirit is the ruach. So the Holy Spirit is the holy breath of God. It is life becoming your life. But the ultimate point is this. Breath is the most basic thing you need in the physical realm. That's why the Holy Spirit is the ruach hakodesh, the holy breath. Because you really do need him every moment. Your heart needs the spirit of God just as much as your body needs air. Living by the spirit is as basic as breathing. And if you try to hold your breath, it's going to be a real struggle to stay alive. Many believers are doing just that, holding their breath for years, living on past experiences with the spirit, and you're suffering from spiritual oxygen deprivation. Some have even expired. Now, with some believers, you wouldn't notice it, but if you want to be alive, breathe. Get a breath of fresh ruach. Live by the spirit. Walk by the spirit. Breathe the spirit. Rejoice in the spirit. Stop holding your breath and receive the ruach. It's as simple as breathing. Want more? Ask for the ruach. Now, if somebody offered you a gift of a million dollars, what would you say? Well, something better than a million dollars. Something will help give you a strong, victorious life. A free subscription to Sapphire's Vitamins for Your Spirit and the incredible mystery of the temple doors all free. You'll love it. How do you get all these free gifts? Easy. Just remember Jesus. Jesus' Hebrew name, Yeshua, and dial it. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. It's so easy, but call now, 1-800-YESHUA-1. Now, the harvest is great. The laborers are few. I invite you to join with me in the harvest. You don't need to plow. Just an open heart and a pen. You can reach the unreached peoples of the world. Just call now, 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct, the nice Jewish boy, at Box 1111 in Lodi, New Jersey, 076 44. That's the nice Jewish boy, Box 1111, Lodi, New Jersey, 07644. Till next time, this is Jonathan Khan saying Shalom Alechem. Peace be to you, my friend, in Messiah, Ben Elohim, the Son of God. This is Truth to Ponder. With Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of the Monday edition of Truth to Ponder. This day before Election Day in the United States in the year of 2020. And my mind goes back to 20 years ago, the day before Election Day. And uh, we thought about the, uh, would Al Gore win? Would uh, George W. Bush win? And what would that mean for the nation? And then we hit Florida good old Florida. Yeah, I know I live there. And I've lived in parts of Florida on and off for well over 20 years. I I can honestly say that where I lived in Florida 20 years ago, we had absolutely no issues with counting our votes. We just didn't seem to have an issue. Uh, The Panhandle didn't have an issue. Uh, Most of North Florida, no issue. The West Coast of Florida, literally no issues. Only three places did Florida have any issues 20 years ago. The most dependable 
county for screwing things up in the state of Florida is, I hate to say it, I know maybe someone is listening, is Broward County. Broward County has got to be one of the most messed up, messed up counties in Florida, followed by Palm Beach County, just to the north, and then to a lesser degree, but still there in parts of, not all of, Miami-Dade. They seem to have issues with following simple instructions, or they use that as an excuse to explain uh, the troubles that they had. And and so it's kind of like, well, we're not capable of doing anything, so you, you need to help us out and think for us. And, and to me, I don't know where this mentality came, and we saw it 20 years ago, where people, how do these people survive in life? My guest on the program is Dr. Timothy Gales, and uh, the Reverend Dr. Timothy Gales. And, and I want your take on this as we look at the election, and I'm going to compare this in my mind to 20 years ago, because I can remember what it was like. What was the enthusiasm like 20 years ago compared to some of the enthusiasm today and some of the differences? Now, I'll, I'll, I'll give you some of the differences that I've observed. I, you're, you're up in the northeastern part of the United States, and I'm sure there are not a lot of people that would dare put a Trump step, sticker on their car, even if they wholeheartedly support him for fear of having their car damaged. Would that, would that be a, a safe bet in your part of the world? Yes, there are a lot of people who are afraid, to, even wearing a Trump hat. Mm-hmm. People are surprised if a friend of mine puts a Trump hat on and goes out. They say, oh, my gosh, you wore that? Because really? they're watching people get beaten up just mm-hmm. for shot, believe it or not, just yep. for wearing it. Yep. So, We've never seen anything like that before. No. Never. I mean, I, 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 up here in the mountains of Georgia, where we spend a good chunk of our time, um, it is a rural area, conservative area. Um, and also a lot of retirees are up here, uh, full-time, some like me, part-time. And, and you know, nobody, if there's a Biden-Harris, uh, or should be really should be Harris-Biden, because that's really what the ticket is, um, if somebody has that out in front of their house, nobody's shooting it. No, nobody's trying right. to run it over with their Jeep or something. And then it's fine, if you want to vote for them, go for it. And, and nobody seems to, and I'll say one thing up here, even among the, the Democrats, they're, they're not, there's no real issue or major problem with anybody uh, damaging vehicles that support Trump. So maybe it's just the nature of the part of the world in, in which we are. But I know that I've been in other parts of the country where I wouldn't dare say that because uh, that's mm. not how it is, that, you know, you kind of keep your politics to yourself in your neighborhood for fear of people damaging your house or your car or you or you (laughs) i mean or your dog i mean people have killed pets because someone had a trump sign right on their house you know you you it is insane and people have for a long time okay we always used to say just keep religion and pol- out of politics, right? Don't mm-hmm. talk religion mm-hmm. and politics. Mm-hmm. Well, number one, you have to because everything you do is based on a moral premise of some kind, and that includes politics. Absolutely. Do I like talking about politics? No. But because in my opinion, and I, I give this little uh, joke in a way, I say poly equals many and ticks are little blood-sucking creatures. <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty good so, way to describe it. Yeah, yeah so I, the way I can't I argue with that it, logic. No, that's politics. But nevertheless, here we are. 
And we're looking at a time and an age here where it's not, hey, you're a Democrat and I'm a Republican. Mm-hmm. It, it's you're an evil slime that needs to be eradicated from the face of the earth so we can bring in our utopia. Now, that's a huge difference than mm-hmm. what it once was. Yeah, true. And, and, and that's what we're looking at. And it very much so is that because there, it's, it's agenda driven and mm-hmm. emotionally driven. And so whoever is going to win office is not the end of this. No. Obviously, we said before, if Trump gets in, there's going to be, you know, people are going to go ballistic. And if he doesn't get in, people are still going to go ballistic Uh during whatever fight in between for Mm -hmm. votes. They're Mm -hmm. still going to go ballistic and then they're going to implement some crazy stuff, which they about themselves, yeah. whether it's Antifa, BLM, even the, the Democratic uh, leaders. We've seen things unfolding and big ideas that will change humanity itself, not just nations. OK, yeah. this is a this is a fight for a country. Mm-hmm. But globalists and the globalists don't want countries anymore. No, they don't want countries. They yeah. want a one world, but they want it under them. <laughs> And I'll tell you something else they don't want, the one world government types. They don't want peace in the Middle East. They just, it goes against their grain. Yeah, I, mean, I, I wouldn't doubt that. Oh, absolutely. It, it, it doesn't serve their purpose in, in, in what I call self-destruction of continents and countries. You know, you, right. the idea of anger and war. And I mean, we, I'm thinking back, I'm going back now 40 years ago. We're going to go back to 1980, and I remember that election well because I was, you know, doing that. I was still on the air and radio, still doing a lot of news work. And here we had, you know, Jimmy Carter, the incumbent, going up against, uh, you know, I mean, going up against uh, Ronald Reagan, and right. and a lot of people thought that Carter would probably pull it out. That's what the polls said even back then. I remember the polls said that Reagan really couldn't pull it off, but he did. And then in his second election, by one of the most massive landslides the United States has ever seen. And in a way, in a way, Ronald Reagan was, for his time, a, a polite and vastly more tame <laughs> Donald Trump. And when you, let's be honest, he was a very civil, very congenial Donald Trump, not, not an issue. And so what we have, what, we, what we're seeing is... In a, in, a, in, a, in a small sense, kind of the same repeat uh, way back when. You have an incumbent and uh, who was voted in overwhelmingly popular at one point and coming up now for re-election. And, and there's an enthusiasm for the, for the incumbent. And look, conservatives normally don't go out and make a big deal and do the kind of things that I'm seeing them do this year they never did this stuff in 2000. They never did this stuff in 1992 or 96 or any year that I can remember and, and watching the politics of the time. I've never seen, mm-hmm. I've never seen you know, like the, the interstate that surrounds um, Cincinnati, Ohio. It's the, they're, they're you know, uh, bypass super loop, as they would call it. You've never seen 80 miles of cars in support of Trump going around that circle by the hour. That's never happened before right. in Cincinnati. It's happening all over. These boat rallies, every, I mean, everything. There's an enthusiasm. As far enthusiasm. as the eye can see. As far as the eye can see, people are, are getting out for the first time. 
They may not have all the stickers on the car, but at least when they get together, they, they feel safer in a crowd. And that's what I think a lot of this really is, safety in numbers. And you were talking sure. before about, you know, a Biden rally has little circles out there, you know, and, and there's six foot circles and those circles are six foot in the other circle. And then you got a few people allowed in their cars and then he speaks or she speaks. And, and, and why do you think that is? Because they're trying to portray Biden as a rule follower. He believes in science. We have our six foot uh, increments that we have to be in. Mm-hmm. Our social distancing. We're obeying things. But Trump, look at these reckless people all gathering together. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they're going to they're super spreaders. Trump's rallies are super spreaders is what they say. I think uh, this is a joke. I know. I've looked at some of the numbers and, and, you know, you and I have both talked about this and we may talk about it again when we're trying to sort through the election. If it's still going to be dragged out for weeks. The guy that I'm trying to remember his name and I had it on the tip of my tongue. The guy that invented the PCR test, the poly chain reaction test. That's what PCR stands for. And the guy that invented that, Nobel Prize winner for you know science and medicine and everything else, warned the world never to use this test to detect viruses in in people. Yet we're doing it, right? And well, the, and and the reason and he, he said died, that, you know, I know and the reason he said that. The reason he said that was this test can amplify things that aren't really the virus and make you believe that it could be. It has a purpose. But for mass testing of people around the world, that is not one of them. And here it's we are not, using... It's not to diagnose. No, it's not to be used. And he made it very clear. And you're yeah, right, then he died. His Carrie Mullis. Carrie Mullis mm-hmm. was his name. And it, it, he said the PCR test is not for diagnosing anything at all. It, 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 has a, it has a totally different meaning. But, you know, I will say this, and of course I'm not saying it's a conspiracy, but he died about a week before the coronavirus uh-huh. pandemic started. What? And was, um, was he listed as a coronavirus death? Probably. <laughs> probably. I, mean, I wouldn't doubt that. No. It, it's, but this test, and, and one of the things we're finding now, let's go back and let's, let's we, sometimes we, we have a disconnect between the reality of last month, three months, two months, six months ago. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to the beginning of this pandemic. The only people that were being tested were people that were presenting symptoms and were actually sick. They either came there with a really bad fever, or they had the cough, or they had this, that, or the other. In other words, I can remember, and I'm going to talk for the county that I worked for when we were setting up mobile testing early on. This is like in March. And boy, we had this whole screening process of anybody pulling into the parking lot. If you didn't have a fever, you went to the next person in a different line. And then they would check symptoms. And if you didn't meet our criteria, they'd say, sorry, we, we can't test you because, you know, you're not, you're, you're probably not, right. don't have it. And we're not going to, quote, waste what tests we have. So early on, early on, the only people being tested were the people that presented themselves as sick as a dog, whether it's the flu or whatever it was. We only were testing people that presented in all of March, and this went into April, and all the way to the beginning of May, we only tested sick people. Now, during that time, the case numbers, but most important, hospitalizations 
and death numbers skyrocketed all together at the same time. That's not the case these days. This whole thing has changed. Now that everybody and their kid brother can get a test for showing up behind a, a fast food place where there's a mobile clinic out there, anybody can just walk in and get a test. And anybody can sign up to get a test, not show up, and still test positive. We've seen that happen many a time. They sign up for a test, they don't show up, and then they get a positive result in the mail. You've yeah. seen that. I've seen it. Mm-hmm. But we are getting, we have a, we have a case demic, not a pandemic right now. We have right. all these new cases, and and a lot of these people that have these positive results, uh, a lot of them never get sick, or their or their symptoms are super mild. We're not seeing this this these numbers just rising universally across the country, with people suddenly being shoved into the ICUs and on death's door. Well, you know what they did, and I've seen some institutions, and I'm familiar with doing it even now. In the past, they gave if you had a positive uh, mm-hmm. result, you were to get tested again because they knew there were some um, a measure of false positives. A lot of them. So they they asked you to do it again, and if you got a negative, then you had to do it one more time to confirm that it was a negative. Mm-hmm. However, a new order just came out uh, recently, mm-hmm. and we're now told in many healthcare institutions once you have a positive with that test, mm-hmm. that's it. You're not That's to be case. retested again. You're not to be retested again at all. Not even to confirm it. And my question is, why? Mm-hmm. Because they want to keep it at a positive. They don't want it to become two negatives, right? So then you're not a positive case anymore. Now, once you get a positive case, we're told you cannot and will not be retested again. Mm-hmm. So what's going on here? Where's the magician's hand again? It's a case demic. Um, it's a case demic. You know, and I know it. Look, you got it. L- look at um, the uh, new White House press secretary. Uh, she tested positive, but she's not. She's not showing any symptoms to this day. Where you know, mm-hmm. wh- where's where's the illness? And this is not. She's not alone in this. She's absolutely not alone. Look, right. there's a lot we know about this virus. There's a lot that we're not being told about it which I think needs to get out. Some of it's actually good news, but, you know, we, we can't. Between now and the close of the polls tomorrow, it's not going to happen in this country to ever share good news. And even then, as long as Trump is the president, maybe, let's put it this way. If Biden somehow pulls out a win, and that, which I'm, I'd be surprised. I mean, I lean in the direction of how I felt four years ago, and I feel an enthusiasm out there that I was talking to a couple from Florida that uh, admitted that they were, you know, uh, they, 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 they were tired and they live in a part of the state and they uh, near the Georgia line. And they were not, shall we say, they, they were a little lax in some of their voting habits over the decades. Right. But not this time. Not this <laughs> time. They are not taking a chance, you know, that, that uh, they felt secure that that Trump would win last time and they got a little concerned you know as the Broward numbers are coming in and they said they're not going to let that happen and uh, and they they took care of their voting and like I did with ours based out of Florida yeah I know that my our ballot is there and I know thankfully I can trust our county there's some counties in Florida I would physically have to go down there to be certain but and even then you're not certain but at least where I'm at 
um, I, I don't have that fear, but there are places in Pennsylvania, there are places in Ohio, there are places in Michigan uh, and Wisconsin that I would not trust those that are taking my ballot or putting me into the election machine thing to to do my vote. I would have a serious concern. Right. Um, but and now and now with Minnesota in play, that'll be fat. I mean, I'm not going to I'm not going to bet on that one. I think it's too close for comfort mm-hmm. to. But but on the other hand, if he won it by a point and a half, it wouldn't surprise me either, because I think my wife made a statement one time and we're going to have to watch our time here. But my wife made a, a fascinating statement. Satan always overplays his hand. Mm-hmm. He, he can't help it. He, he absolutely, yeah. because of his narcissism and his God complex that he wanted to be God, he overplays his hand, and he never learns, and he never learns. And, and I think that there's some, some overplaying of hands going on in some parts of this country right now. And, and I, I wonder if it'll come back. If it would, the way that it doesn't matter to me which way the election goes, it's not going to shatter my faith. And that's what I want to close on this program. We'll be back tomorrow again. I'm going to ask you to be back tomorrow as we talk mm-hmm. on Election Day. And, yeah, we'll be talking before the polls close. Somebody may hear a recording of the program after they close. Then you can find out just how wrong we were in, in maybe your, your state or county or, or whatever the case may be. But when I, when I use that term, overplaying their hand, what, what comes to your mind in some of the things we're seeing today? I mean, social media overplaying their hand to the point of being dead obvious and getting caught and it could have a repercussion. If yeah. if Biden were to win legitimately, you know, to me that just says that the the time of Jesus coming is vastly closer than we when we thought uh, right. the other day. But if Trump wins, maybe we get a slight, and I use the word slight cautiously, reprieve because the deep state is still going to want his head on a, on a, on a mm-hmm. literally on a. Uh, on a pitchfork for all to see. I mean, I I think that if Trump wins, there's going to be violence in the streets and people will Mm -hmm. die. People will die. There's no, I I don't see, and and people's livelihoods will be destroyed. Neighborhoods will be torched. Businesses, I mean, they're preparing for it now. Well, what I would say is this, okay? Because I see this agenda-driven politics right now um, from the left and from the globalist Mm -hmm. deep state, the idea is a global plan called the Great Reset, and it's already underway. Mm -hmm. So they need Trump out of the way so it can be a smoother transition. They know they're Mm going to deal with opposition worldwide. If Trump makes it in – all hell is going to break loose because they want him out and they're going to have to go to more drastic means to implement this great reset, um, which, which, like I said, has already begun. So this crisis that we see with, with the, the coronavirus and all that, it's really serving okay, mm-hmm. to make, to make, the, make That's it so right. there's no That's recourse right. of nations. All right? The great reset needs to be irreversible. Because they're going to put it through come hell or high water. And we're going to watch that happen. But if Trump gets in, you're right. We might have a slight, a slight reprieve. And we have a fight in our hands. So either way, 
the common American citizen, world citizens really, are people from all over the world, are have a fight on our hands, a rather big one against globalism and the Great Reset, which will redefine humanity and everything you once knew to be true. Timothy, we're going to have to leave it here for today, and I'd like to pick up on this theme tomorrow as we actually go into Election Day 2020. What a strange year this has been, hurricanes in November, and thing. it's just been a weird year. I've never seen the likes of it in my entire life. I believe that we need to take off our blinders, our rose-colored glasses for just a moment, and recognize that God is giving us plenty of warning signs of things and disturbances in our earth. There is a spiritual battle going on, and unfortunately, too many Christians today don't see it or refuse to see it. Many go to churches, and they have for years where it's all about what I get from going. And I get entertained, I sit in a comfortable seat, and I hear a message that just makes me happy about myself. Other churches have given up the gospel of Jesus Christ entirely, and now preach a damnable social gospel that is sending people straight to hell. I simply can't put it any other way. That is exactly what is happening in many of our mainline churches. They will someday become the acceptable state church in a globalistic world because they, they preach that all roads lead to heaven. They deny that Jesus Christ is the way and the truth and the life. They deny that. They'd rather look for social equality, whatever that is. And they don't share the gospel anymore. They want government to do the things that the church used to do. And they want to give up their role in society. Like I say, they parade around in their vestments and their costumes and pretend that there's something important. And all they are is an element of Satan in our world. I can't say it any stronger than that. Many of our mainline denominations have literally turned 100% apostate. They are no longer preaching the gospel. And St. Paul says they should be shunned. They are an anathema. They are cursed by God. And we see the result right here in our own world in the United States with all our technology, all of our, everything we've got. Here we are in panic over a virus. And we may end up losing our freedoms in very short order. I'm going to run out of time here in just a moment. We only have so much time each day because of the airings on shortwave. If you listen on shortwave, would you let me know what frequency and time and day? Frequency and time is most important, but I need to know because I've got to make some decisions in the next week or so. It's really come down to that as far as shortwave. Go to our website, which is truth to ponder, truth the number two ponder.com. Send me an email at bob at truth number two ponder.com. Our mailing address in Georgia, if you'd like to contact us, is 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263, in Sky Valley, Georgia, zip code 30537. That is 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263, Sky Valley, Georgia, 30537. Be back tomorrow. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, Visit our website, truth, the number two, 
and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.